Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. I should say, not welcome, I should say, happy Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. I think it's Christmas Eve times four, right? Christmas Eve, quadruple Christmas Eve right now. Uh, I'm excited for Christmas. I hope you are too. We have a good show for you today here, but I want to start with just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the real topic. One of the funniest topics, by the way, that we've ever talked about on the show, which we'll get to. But before that, the housekeeping stuff. So YouTube has issued a second strike on my channel. As you know, about a month and a half ago, they gave me... um, The first strike, the result of the first strike was I was suspended from uploading any videos for a week. And they did that, of course, they claimed that I violated their medical misinformation policy. What, because I countered their false narrative on masks or criticized Fauci? Give me a break. Whatever. Um, After you get a first strike, you are in this, this, this penalty box, this parole period for about 90 days. And if you get a second strike within that 90-day period, it it ain't good, my friends. So we got a second strike today. And, and by the way, we've been really careful. I, I hardly even need to tell you this because you've been on the receiving end of how annoying it is when I have to be so liberal, pun intended here, with my censorship, my self-censorship. There's so many things related to the transgender ideology, related to election security, related to January 6th, uh, related to all kinds of all kinds of COVID topics that I have to bleep out on YouTube because for that 90-day period after the first strike, we can't even flirt with those terms of service if we want to stay on the platform and and not risk losing our account. So sorry about that. As you know, it's really annoying to you. It's really annoying to me. But um, we've been overly, meticulously cautious about this. And yet, YouTube got us again. We got notified that we have received a second strike against my channel. Actually... Well, I guess it, it's a little pat on the back to us. We have been doing a good job of being self-censors here because the video that they marked, that they pulled down and told us that it violated the YouTube terms of service was a video from March. This is the end of December, 2022. In this video, they had to troll through all my content all the way back to March to find a video that I made about COVID. And they told me that it violated my their medical misinformation policy. They also flagged and took down a video uh, that I, or an episode about January 6th from September. So YouTube may may be out to get me. And I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek because I don't take this personally. I know that these YouTube censors are not sitting there looking at me and saying, Liz Wheeler, we hate her. We want to kick her off the platform. No, they don't care about who I am. They don't care about me at all. What they care about is you. They care about preventing you from having access to the type of information that we talk about, the type of information that we sit down together every day on this show because we know it's important and we discuss the facts, we uncover ex- we uncover corruption, we expose reality, um, and they don't like that at all. So the result of this second strike is I will not be allowed to upload any 
videos or episodes on my YouTube channel for two weeks this time. The penalty has doubled. So if you are um, one of the viewers who is actually a viewer and likes to watch the video version of this podcast, you can go to rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler, and you will find all, uh, all of our content completely free, completely uncensored on Rumble. That's true all the time, but it's doubly important now. If you wouldn't mind subscribing while you're over there, I greatly appreciate it. We have such an enormous following on, on YouTube. I'm grateful for each and every one of you guys, I don't want to lose contact with you in the event that, you know, Twitter goes back to maybe last year and finds finds a criticism of face masks or something of that sort. Um, so it, it's, it's, we knew this was going to happen, right? The reason that I don't seem devastated by this is because I'm not, I refuse to play by the radical left's rules. I will not, I will not self-censor. Um, I will not stop talking about the topics that I know are really important to the, the, future of our country, whether it's culture war issues, whether it's COVID, whatever it is. So I don't take this personal. It's expected. Our whole channel is on the, on the chopping block. It's certainly uh, unfair and annoying because YouTube is trying to serve as the gatekeeper to your mind. They want to prevent you from having access to all of this information. So remember, remember that it is aimed at you. And please go over to rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler right now hit that subscribe button, and then send out that link to anybody that you know, everybody that you know that values free speech, that watches this show. Make sure that you are all locked and loaded on rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. So in the event that YouTube uh, drops that drops that last act that we're prepared and we can just take it in, in stride. Greatly appreciate that. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, I gotta tell you guys, what are we gonna talk about today? I don't think I have ever laughed my head off harder that while prepping a show than prepping today's show. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Stanford University released a list of acceptable words and a list of some words and phrases to ban. I'm not kidding. They are calling this the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. So I, of course, opened this document because they had announced that they were going to do this back in May. And we've talked before about universities targeting certain certain words and phrases and telling us that we're not allowed to use it. But this, my friends, is some of the funniest stuff that I've ever read. So I thought that we would read through this together. And then I have some counter suggestions for Stanford University, some suggestions of words and phrases that we should ban. Yes, there are some words that I think that we should eliminate from our vocabulary. So let's get to it, shall we? Okay. Okay, guys. Before we get to the Stanford Guide to Acceptable Words, this Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, I want to talk to you about why I like Nutrafol. I like Nutrafol because it's natural and it works. If you suffer from hair loss, if you wish you had thicker, healthier, longer hair, then I'm glad to tell you there's a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. It's called Nutrafol. It's clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromise. And speaking of language, when I say compromise, what I'm talking about is it doesn't reduce your sex drive, which is a common complaint with a lot of hair growth supplements. No, no. Nutrafol is made from 21 potent natural ingredients that supports sex drive, better sleep, and less stress too. In fact, in a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair, and you can support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Liz 
to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. It's only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. And don't forget to use my promo code Liz. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, so the elimination of harmful language initiative. I feel like there should be this like foreboding drum roll here. If you want to read along with me, then you can go to, I actually do not suggest that you pull this from Harv- or from Stanford's website because you don't want to give them the attention. You don't want to give them the website clicks. The Wall Street Journal actually posted this document, um, and I will share the link with you in the description to this episode. I will share this link on Locals. You can just go to lizwheelershow.com slash Locals, and I'll post that link for free. So if you'd like to read along with me, you may. The Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, this is the description of their project of this endeavor. They say, the goal of the elimination of harmful language initiative is to eliminate many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, and biased, i.e. disability bias, ethnic bias, ethnic slurs, gender bias, implicit bias, sexual bias, language in Stanford websites and code. Okay, so just Stanford's defense of all of this is this is just what we're doing on our campus. This is not something that we're trying to impose on you. To which I respond, sure, sure, okay, say what you will, but you're indoctrinating these people on your campus who when they reach the real world, they bring that with them. They export your woke, your wokeness, this ridiculosity onto, uh, into corporations, companies, everywhere in the United States. They say the purpose of this website is to educate people about the possible impact of the words we use. Language affects different people in different ways. We are not attempting to assign levels of harm to the terms on this site. We are also not attempting to address all informal uses of language. (laughs) Oh, oh good, so they're not telling us whether we're in venial sin or mortal sin. (laughs) Thank you, Stanford. (laughs) This website, they say, focuses on potentially harmful terms used in the United States, starting with a list of everyday language and terminology. Our suggested alternatives are in line with those used by peer institutions and within the technology community. Don't you just love that, by the way? They can't like take responsibility and saying, this is the word that I think you should use. They have to engage in technocracy. Oh, the experts tell us that it's okay to use this word. We don't have to think for ourselves when the experts direct us. Okay. This is, this. Is, and then they go on to say, content warning. Do we have this, Matt? Can we put this on the screen? Because this just slayed me when I was reading this. Content warning. This website contains language that is offensive or harmful. Please engage with this website at your own pace. (laughs) At your own pace. Oh, man. I wish they would have said at your own risk. That would have been more in line with saying that this language is actual violence. This language is harmful. Engage at your own risk. No, at your own pace. They still want you to experience it even if it's harmful. Just slowly so that you're hurt more slowly. (laughs) Okay, they start. See, this is is what I spent the hour before the show just scrolling through this, just laughing my head off, cracking up. 
Okay, they start with ableist words. This is how they define ableist. Ableist language is language that is offensive to people who live with disabilities and or devalues people who live with disabilities. The unintentional use of such terms furthers the belief that people who live with disabilities are abnormal. One of the things, I guess this is a little bit more serious of a point, but one of the things that is really subversive about the left is they try to assign malicious intentions to you while at the same time telling you that you're not aware that you're doing it. Which is a very creepy concept because in almost every other aspect of a judgment system, whether this is like American civil law or even like the Catholic church judging sins, intent always matters, right? It's not that there are certain actions that you could, it's not that, that I could go out and kill someone and if I didn't intend to kill them and I didn't know that that murder was a crime that I wouldn't be held accountable, there would be some accountability, right? But it's different for premeditated murder than for, you know, unintended manslaughter. Intent always matters. The same thing, the same thing in the, in the Catholic church, there's the concept of mortal sin, which is a sin where you reject Christ. And if you reject Christ, then you put your salvation at risk, right? But the definition of a mortal sin, you don't accidentally commit a mortal sin. You can only commit a mortal sin if you are in full knowledge of what you're doing and of the repercussions of that choice. Intent always matters, but to these people, you can unintentionally do this. You can, you can act in a way that is harmful and violent and you're just completely unaware. That's a very subversive idea. Not to go off on a, not to go off on a soapbox too soon into this episode. So let's look at some of their examples. This one is their first one. They say, instead of saying the word addict, you should consider using instead, like what, what is offensive about addict? You should consider using person with a substance use disorder. Their context, they say, is using person-first language helps to not define people by just one of their characteristics. First of all, I'm not gonna take you guys seriously if you split your infinitive. To not define, no. Not to define. Use proper grammar here. Except we're told grammar is like white supremacists now, right? I don't care. I do not care. Okay, two things here. First of all, the term addict is not offensive. It is not related to any kind of slur or anything. Person with a substance use disorder. I will never use that phrase, and here's why. Because a disorder is something over which you have no control. A disorder is equal in some ways to an illness, right? It is, it's usually an illness that is related to your mind, a mental illness. And I understand that addiction, once you have begun and you are addicted, changes the chemical balances in your brain. That's what addiction is and it becomes, it becomes an illness, yes, but it is not something that is preordained. It's not something that you are born with. It's something that happens as a result of your deliberate choices. I will never use the phrase person with a substance use disorder. And here's, here's another reason why. They say instead of the word addicted, consider using hooked or devoted. Why? Because the word addicted trivializes the experiences of people who deal with substance abuse issues. Devoted is a word, I, this is, this is so bananas. Devoted is a word that's like, I'm devoted to you. This man is devoted to his family. This woman is devoted to her faith. That's a, a, a word with a positive connotation. Devotion, devotion to God is what we strive for if we, if we are religious people. 
If you are, devotion is not the proper way of describing someone who is shooting up heroin in, in, in an alley in San Francisco. You are not devoted to heroin, you are addicted to it. You are not hooked on it, hooked on it is slang. You are addicted, your body is addicted, your mind is addicted. That's not offensive in any way, it's not offensive. They also say, instead of saying the word committed, the phrase committed suicide, consider using died by suicide. Now, that is not a particularly, like, that, that, that's not a phrase, died by suicide is not longer or more unwieldy than saying committed suicide, but the reason that they tell you to say died by suicide, I reject this reason. They say, ableist language that trivializes the experiences of people living with mental health conditions. So first of all, I will never honor, I will never respect, I will never accept suicide as being something that is appropriate or legal in, 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 in a civilized Western culture or, or country. Like what Canada's doing right now with assisted suicide is grotesque. They have an active campaign for doctors to encourage people with mental health issues to commit suicide, kill themselves, instead of get the mental health healthcare that they need. I will never, ever get on board with that. I reject that. So what is ableist language? It is a crime in our country, in the United States, for person A to kill person B. Why? Because we acknowledge the first principle that life is valuable, that people have dignity. And so if, if, if person A, if it's a crime for person A to kill person B because we acknowledge that that person's life is valuable and that they have a right to life, then if person B tried to kill person B, it's still a crime against person B. That is where the phrase, where the phrase committed suicide, because it is a crime to commit suicide. You are not allowed to kill yourself. Because even if you don't value you, we value you as a society. This, oh, it's more, it's more. Some of them are like this are serious. Some of them are, are a little lighter and a little funnier. Like this next one. Instead of using the word crazy, consider using surprising or wild. Why? Because crazy is ableist language that trivializes the experience of people living with mental health conditions. Well, now that's just crazy. Wouldn't you love to hear them break down why, um, break down me saying the word bananas? Like, where do you think, where do you think that would fall on this list? Do you think that's appropriate use of describing something that's crazy? Or do you think that's ableist language? Maybe that's, maybe that's offensive to animals in some way, monkeys maybe, not sure. But saying crazy, some things are just crazy. They're just crazy. You're not allowed to say insane either. Um, according, according to Stanford, they say, instead of saying quadriplegic, you should say person with a spinal cord injury or person who is paralyzed. And because they say the word quadriplegic generalizes a population of people while also implying that people with disabilities are not capable. Well, here's the thing. I hate to break it to Stanford, but quadriplegics are not capable of walking. Quadriplegics are not capable physically in the way that we define capability, meaning capability to live a self-sufficient adult life autonomously without help. There are certainly accommodations that we as a society are happy to provide to people who are quadriplegic. They, they are people of dignity, they are valued, and we want to help them be as autonomous as possible. But to ignore the difference between an adult person with a fully operative body, arms and legs and spine, not to acknowledge the difference between that and someone who is paralyzed from the neck down, like why wouldn't you acknowledge that? Why is that offensive to acknowledge? It doesn't mean that the person, the quadriplegic is any less. It means that that, that 
person is generally injured. It's okay to acknowledge that. It's not offensive to acknowledge that. It's weird if you pretend that there's no difference. Instead of saying tone deaf, don't you love when the left comes for their own phrases too? Instead of saying tone deaf, consider using unenlightened. Unenlightened because tone deaf is ableist language that trivializes the experience of people living with disabilities. Supposedly, so does the term walk-in. You can't say walk-in. Like if you're talking about a hair salon or a nail salon and they're like, oh, walk-in's welcome, meaning you don't have to call ahead and schedule an appointment. It's a normal phrase. They say this is, this trivializes the experience of people who can't walk. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, let me just tell you, I plan to still use that term. There's, there's nothing on here that has convinced me more or that has convinced me not to use these phrases. And I've never been more convinced that these people are not cases, not cases. However, oh, it gets worse. Wait until they address um, the word that best describes Joe Biden. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about American Hartford Gold. Thank goodness for American Hartford Gold. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future of our country because inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. If you want to protect your future, I suggest you do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call. It's very easy. And then they will have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. So don't wait. Call them right now. Call 866-781-7499. That's 866-781-7499. Or text Liz to 65532. Again, the phone number is 866-781-7499 or text Liz to 65532. Okay, so then we get to the ageism section. The ageism section. When I read this, I thought, oh, hi, I wonder why they're including this. Could it be possibly because we use accurate descriptions for Joe Biden's bananas behavior? This is how they describe their ageism section. Ageist language singles out a person based on their age instead of their qualifications. But what if they're qualifications are decreased because of factors of age. Is it not okay to notice that? Well, according to Stanford, we may not use the word senile anymore. Why? Because this term is often used disparagingly to refer to older people whose mental faculties appear to be in decline. They suggest instead that we call Joe Biden (laughs) a person suffering from senility. Oh, so we can use the same word. But it's not offensive if we use four words to describe what one word would describe. This is like, I don't know if you guys had like traditional English grammar education in elementary school and high school. I did. And one of the principles of writing specifically and of speaking is not to use four words when one will do. Not to create a run-on paragraph when you can accurately depict what you are trying to communicate with one word or two words. This is the opposite of that, and it drives me bananas. Okay, 
Past the ageism section is the colonialism section. Oh, I can't wait for this one. This is how they describe it. Colonialism is the policy or practice of acquiring full or partial political control over another country, occupying it with settlers, and exploiting it economically. It is better to avoid terms that derive from colonialism. I have a very controversial opinion on colonialism. I don't think it's always bad. I think in the history of our world, there have been instances where colonialism has brought incredible good to countries, to peoples, and to the entire world. The English Empire, the British Empire is a good example of that. Liberal heads are literally exploding right now. Oh. Is that some kind of ableist term though? Well, we'll have to check with Stanford. The US is a perfect example of that. What did we do? What, did, what, what, did, what happened here? The, the first settlers to America were colonizers. That's why they came. This used to be called the British colonies and it was the American colonies. They came here and they, they took the land because the history of the world, I don't know if these people have never opened a history book, if they just don't care about what the reality of life is, but the history of the world is a history of war and conquest. Peoples are always taking land from other peoples. We are in this singular, unique stage of world history right now where this is not happening as often as it used to, at least in the, in the Western world. But up until 250 years ago, when America was founded, this was a constant, a constant reality of life. And it's not a bad thing. Imagine if, if, if the American settlers had been like, oh no, we can't be, we can't, we can't be colonial. We can't be colonizers. We can't be, we can't be imperialists. No, no, we can't do that. The United States wouldn't even exist. And yet these people are afraid of being offensive. Okay, so this is their example though. They said we should not use the phrase, the phrase Philippine Islands. Random, right? Didn't you expect something about Native Americans? No, no, they'll get you. They suggest instead that we say Philippines or the Republic of the Philippines. Why? Because Philippine Islands, they say the term is politically incorrect and denotes colonialism. And then they say, this just slayed me. Some people of Filipino heritage might use the term though. Okay. So you're not allowed to use it and I'm not allowed to use it because what, I'm white? But it's, a, and it, because it denotes colonialism, it's offensive, we should avoid it. But if you're Filipino, you can say it. So is this like the whole N-word thing for black people? Like rappers are allowed to say N-word, but if a, if a high school senior who's signed at a football college is singing along, carpool karaoke to a rap song and says the N-word in the course of, of rapping along to the lyrics, then he loses his scholarship. Is that this situation? I reject the idea that there are certain people that are allowed to use certain words and other people that it's offensive for them to use it. No, 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 no. Either a word is offensive or a word is not offensive. You don't get to tell me that I don't get to say a word because of what I look like, but you get to say a word because of what you look like. I don't think so. Okay, then we go to their culturally appropriative section. This is how they describe it. Culturally appropriative language misuses terms that hold meaning to a particular culture in a way that often lacks respect or appreciation. These are some really interesting, interesting examples because what I expected them to say is, don't engage in derogatory stereotyping, right? Like don't do something offensive with a Halloween costume that depicts a culture as being entirely rep 
entirely represented by some negative trope about that culture. That's what I expected them to say. And in a sense, I could be like, okay, yeah, we don't want, we don't want to glorify negative stereotypes, especially if they're not really true. That's not what this is. Read along with what this says. They say, do not use the term bury the hatchet. Instead, use call for peace or call a truce. Why? Because the the phrase bury the hatchet, using this term is cultural appropriation of a centuries old tradition among some North American indigenous peoples who buried their tools of war as a symbol of peace. I'm like reading the sentence waiting for why it's offensive and I'm like, yes, and? This is a great way to illustrate when people come together and, and, and reconcile in some way. Why is this cultural appropriation? This isn't mocking mocking indigenous North American indigenous peoples who did this, it's describing it. It's actually a way of like giving longevity to this, this culture. This is the thing. This is the problem with cultural appropriation is they actually don't mean that you just shouldn't perpetuate negative stereotypes about a culture. They mean if you are not a part of a particular culture, then you are not allowed to talk about, use phrases from, or engage in any cultural practice or tradition that came from that culture. This literally renders the United States, people in the United States completely paralyzed. Oh, look at that buzz buzz word. Completely paralyzed in all of our behaviors because we are a melting pot of all these different cultures. If we did not exchange cultures, pick up phrases, do all of these things that are informed by the fact that we are a melting pot, then we wouldn't be allowed to do anything or say anything. Saying bury the hatchet is not negatively reflecting on the culture of the Native Americans at all. That just, um, oh, but they're not done. They, this, is, this is what their every example is. And we're gonna talk about that in just a second, but first I wanna talk to you about rocket money. If you're anything like me, then you pay for a lot of subscriptions on a monthly basis that you don't use. For me, it's HBO Max. I signed up for HBO Max two years ago because I wanted to have episodes of Friends on tap for when I needed to relax. Well, fast forward two years and I've probably watched like five total episodes and I pay what, like 15 bucks a month? It's terrible. And I know you're like me in this bad habit because I have data that proves that 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about. So for me, it's HBO Max. Maybe for you, it's Amazon Prime or Hulu. There's a great app that I use though that helps me track all of my expenses. And because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions I don't use. You might've heard of it. It's called Rocket Money. I've talked about it a lot on the show. It was formerly known as Truebill. It's been renamed. It's now Rocket Money. The app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press the cancel button and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money right now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Liz. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash Liz. Okay. So after Bury the Hatchet in our culturally appropriative section here, we have the word guru. Why aren't we allowed to say the word guru? Why on earth not? They suggest as an alternative, an expert, a subjects matter expert, primary leader, teacher, or guide. No, I like guru. I like guru. Why on earth can we not say that? They say in the Buddhist and Hindu traditions, the word is a sign of respect. Using it casually negates its original value. Why? How does that negate its original value? When we use the word guru, we are using it to describe someone who is the creme de la creme 
of their field, someone who knows more than you. That's, it's a descriptive word. Also, uh, even aside from the fact, this is not a negative, that, that using the word guru is not perpetuating some ne- negative stereotype. I feel no responsibility in my life to kind of practice tenets of other religions. Like I can use a word that another religion elevates as like a holy word. And I don't have to pretend that that word is holy just because this other religion thinks that it's holy because the other religion is wrong. So maybe two reasons that I will keep using the word guru however I want. They say, you may not use the, the phrase low man on the totem pole. Why not? Because it trivializes something that is sacred to indigenous peoples. Also, in some First Nation communities, Stanford says being low on the totem pole is actually a higher honor than being on top. The term also reinforces male-dominated language. <laughs> okay, so you got your trifecta there. Low man on the totem pole doesn't include women. Well, you would think then that feminists would really like this, that woke intersectional folks would really like this because maybe it, it, it portrays the fact that men are the lowest and that seems to be what the feminists and the intersectionals and the woke and the wokesters really want. They don't want to elevate women. They don't want equality for women. They want to actually, actually trample on men here. So I don't know why they have a problem with that. I don't care what is sacred to a pagan religion. I do not feel compelled to protect something that is sacred to a pagan religion. They say we're also not allowed to use the word, or the phrase, I should say, on the warpath. Why? Because it's a cultural appropriation of a term that referred to the route taken by indigenous people heading towards a battle with an enemy. Yes, that's exactly how we use it. We use it to describe the same thing. How is this disrespectful? It is not disrespectful. It is not disrespectful. It would be disrespectful if you dressed up like like a white woman for Halloween. If you dressed up like me for Halloween and you pretended that women or like a like a drag queen, if you pretend if you dressed up as me for Halloween and pretended that it that women who are blonde have no brains, they're only to be objectified for their body and that they they only belong doing menial labor or some some horrible sexist negative negative tropes about women. That would be like a negative portrayal. That would be something that would be a disrespectful portrayal of somebody with specific characteristics. And I could get on board with not doing that. But like saying on the warpath is just describing two people that are describing somebody who is like out for a fight. No problem with that. This one, oh my gosh, I hope your reaction is the same way as this one. Guess what word we're not allowed to say? Pocahontas. The suggested replacement for this is to use the person's name instead of using Pocahontas. <laughs> they might as well have just stamped this and said, Trump, Trump, do not call Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. Why? Because this is a slur and should not be used to address an indigenous woman unless that is her actual name. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is not an indigenous woman. Elizabeth Warren has less Native American DNA in her blood than the average American citizen. How is this a slur? This is only a slur if you think that Native American people are less. It is not a slur. And then, and then, this is funny because they, what, are the, what does the left do? They always eat their own here. The next prohibited word is powwow. Why is this? Why is this offensive? Because using this term in this manner demeans a term of cultural significance to indigenous people. So 
First they try to go to bat for Elizabeth Warren, but then, you know, she has a cookbook called Pow Wow Chow, and so then they come after her. So, I mean, what can I say? I hope, I hope that she apologizes here. You're also not allowed to use the word spirit animal. Why not? Because the term refers to an animal spirit that guides or protects one on a journey, so as to equate it with an animal one likes is to demean the significance of the term. There is nothing that I would like more than to demean pagan practices, demean new age practices, demean demonic or satanic communing. I have no respect for such practices, nor should anyone, spirit animal, oh my goodness, to equate it with an animal one likes is to demean the significance of the term. Okay, then we get to the gender-based terms that we're not allowed to use. Gender-based, this is how they describe it. Gender-based language includes a range of words and phrases that are not helpful and in many cases are exclusionary. Some people may not mind having the terms applied to them or even prefer having the term used. It's always preferable to ask a person how they want to be addressed instead of making assumptions. <laughs> Who does this? Like, what would a party look like if this is, what, if this is how people acted? You walk up to someone and you're like, hi, are you a, are you a man or a woman? Are you non-binary? Are you, are you genderqueer? What actually are you? Are you a person? Are you an animal? Are you transabled? Can you imagine if you walked up to people and actually acted like this? This is how the left wants human interaction to be. Okay, so instead of using the phrase preferred pronouns, the left, or Sanford says that we should just use the phrase pronouns. Why? Because the word preferred suggests that non-binary gender identity is a choice and a preference. Yes, that's accurate. That's exactly what it is. Gender identity is a choice. It is a preference. And there's no such thing as any other sex aside for man and woman. Okay, this one. Excuse my French here, but I could not pass off. I couldn't skip this one just because, just because it's a little vulgar. It's so funny. Instead of using the phrase balls to the wall, <laughs> they say consider using the phrase accelerate efforts. Why? Because the phrase balls to the wall attributes personality traits <laughs> to anatomy. To anatomy. So we're not supposed to say the phrase balls to the wall. We're not supposed to say the word ballsy. Why? Because it attributes personality traits to male anatomy. Can you imagine being the person putting this list together? Like, do you think that they were being serious? Do you think they're actually offended by these phrases? We're also not supposed to use the word chairman or chairwoman or congressman or congresswoman or fireman or firemen or freshman or gentleman. Why? Because it lumps, uh, it lumps a group of people together using masculine language or it assumes the non-binary. Two comments on this. First of all, um, what the, the, the one that stuck out to me the most here was actually fireman and firemen because you don't ever hear the phrase firewoman. Like it's just fireman, you're a fireman. Even if you're a girl, you're a fireman. And this, this they say lumps a group of people using masculine language and or into gender binary groups, which doesn't include everyone. Do you wanna know how many um, firemen are women in our country? like 8%. Eight out of every 100 firemen are women. 92 out of every 100 firemen are, are men. I think in that case, it's okay to generalize. Not that most women care when we are referred to in the context of like mankind or referred to with the pronoun he when it is an abstract use of a pronoun. I certainly don't care. I've never met any woman who cares, especially women who 
uh, are intelligent, who are readers, who care about grammatical accuracy. Nobody cares about that. But I did think the firemen statistics was was funny. Like that's offensive to what the eight out of one hundred firewomen. I'd like to I'd like to hear from them actually. I'd like to hear from them and see if they're offended by being called firemen. We are not supposed to use the term guys because the term reinforces male-dominated language. Isn't this how I almost always greet you guys on the show? Like, hi guys. I thought that was a Midwestern, a Midwestern phrase that I used. That will not be changing. <laughs> they say we should not use the word ladies either because it lumps a group of people using the gender binary language that doesn't include everyone. Okay, well, guess we gotta include, uh, we gotta include those zhees and zhers and zs and zers, right? Those people that that identify as, what was that video? I forget what that was, but maybe Matt, my producer, remembers. What was that video of that weirdo on TikTok from like six months ago who, who was saying that the neo-pronouns that she chose were some animal? It was like an owl or like, an, or like a, a toad or something. Oh, the frog self, frog self, that's right. Of course Matt remembered this. Matt has a memory like a trap. Um, frog self. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yes. Uh, so instead of saying ladies and gentlemen, you should also address all the frog selfs out there. Make sure you do that or you are, you are bumped off of this list. We're not supposed to say landlord and landlady, mailman, man hours, man in the middle, mankind, manmade or manpower. <laughs> oh goodness. We're also not to say, supposed to say the word transgendered. Did you know that? This one, I was like, oh, huh. Not supposed to say the word transgendered. You're only supposed to say the word transgender because the words transgendered avoids, con or the, that term avoids connotation or connections. No wonder the sentence doesn't make sense. I'm not reading it right. This term avoids connections that being transgender is something that is done to a person and or that some kind of transition is required. If a transition is not required, why are we castrating young men? If a transition is not required, why are we taking out the uteruses, the healthy uteruses of teenage girls in the name of them being transgender. That's why I've been using this phrase. I don't know if you guys noticed or not. I've been using this phrase, instead of transitioning, I've been using the word transing because you're not transitioning to everything. You are being transed. Something is being done to you. And of course, a lot of these people, if they're adults, are, are active participants. Children, of course, are exploited. So then we get to the imprecise language section here. Imprecise language, they say, is terms that utilize euphemisms, vagueness, or inaccurate words to not say what one is trying to say. Again, with a split infinitive. People, come on now. We are not supposed to use the word abort if we mean cancel because, Stanford says, this term can unintentionally raise religious and moral concerns over abortion. And what might those religious and moral concerns about abortion be, Stanford? Could you detail them for us? Thank you very much. We're not supposed to say the word American. I'm not kidding. You may not say the word American. You should say instead U.S. citizen. Why? Because the term American often refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas, which is actually made up of 42 countries. The problem with this, of course, is that America is the best country. The United States is the best country in the Americas. This is true. We are the most important country, no matter what country you live in. You might be from Argentina. You might be from Brazil. You might be from Mexico. And you might love your nation. 
You might feel an incredible amount of patriotism. You might like your heritage and your people, your government, everything, your neighbors, your friends, your family. You might have roots in the geography, roots in the history, all of that, and that's fine. But still, even if you do, objective reality is that the United States is the most important country in the Americas. We are the most important country in the world. Not because, not because I'm saying this out of any ego, but because we are the literal superpower in the world. We are the leader of the free world. We are the strongest nation in the world, the, the nation that has lifted more people out of poverty, not just in our own nation, but all around the world. We are the nation where modern medical advances have happened. We are the nation that ushered the entire globe into the prosperity that we enjoy today. Of course, the United States is the most important nation in the Americas. And when you say that you're American, of course, people should assume you're from the United States. Keep on saying American. You are not allowed to say circle the wagons, according to Stanford, because Hollywood movies about settlers migrating west contributed greatly to the formation of this phrase, which means that, quote unquote, savages are coming and a small, and a group of parenthesis, white people, is about to be attacked. It also paints indigenous peoples as the aggressors. They were the aggressors when we were settling the West. It literally was a battle between the white people who were settling the West and Native Americans who were attacking them, who would like scalp them and burn their, burn their villages and steal their women. It was horrendous. This isn't something white people made up. You're also not supposed to use the term Hispanic because although widely used to describe people from Spanish-speaking countries outside of Spain, its roots lie in Spain's colonization of South American countries. Instead of referring to someone as Hispanic because of their name or appearance, ask them how they identify themselves first. <laughs> you look brown, where are you from? Can you imagine? These people have no root in reality, none at all. They tell us we're not supposed to use the term people of color or straight or thug or user. Oh, 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 let's stop at that one. User. They say you should, you should use the phrase client instead. Why? Because the word user, while often associated with one who uses software or systems or services, it can also negatively be associated with those who suffer from substance abuse issues or those who exploit others for their own gain but like it is negative to abuse drugs. So you can't say that a software user is a user because that has a negative connotation to someone who is shooting up heroin in San Francisco. Give me a break. Then we get to institutionalized racism. We're almost done here, I promise. Institutionalized racism. Um, this is how they define it. Institutionalized racism is racism embedded in the laws and regulations of a society or organization. It can be seen in processes, attitudes, and behavior through prejudice, ignorance, thoughtlessness, and racist stereotyping. We are not allowed to use the phrase black mark, a black mark against someone's, against someone's record. Why not? Because it assigns negative connotations to the color black, racializing the term. Okay, guys. Okay. We're also not supposed to use the term gangbusters. Um, because it unnecessarily involves the notion of police action against gangs in a positive light, which may have racial undertones. It is positive when the police break up a gang. Who thinks it's not positive when police take action against violent gangs? Good heavens. Good heavens. Finally, they say, this is under their additional considerations at the very, very end. They say, these are terms that don't fit into the other categories but are still important enough to have attention drawn to them. 
prostitute, the verb. So to prostitute something. Not supposed to use that. Instead, you're supposed to use the word debase. Why? Because the word prostitute as a verb unnecessarily, unnecessarily correlates corrupt or unworthy purposes with sex work. Corrupt, unnecessarily correlates corrupt or unworthy purposes with sex work. Ah, uh, I think, I think it is unworthy purposes and it is corrupt and it is gross and it is immoral and it should be illegal. But goodness, let's not, let's not demean that. Even though women are abused and trafficked in prostitution. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Stanford. If you have a school-aged child, you might want to consider sending them somewhere else because this is the cesspool to which you will be sending them. I would like to propose, before, before we uh, run out of time here, I would like to propose some alternative words that should be banned. If, we, if, if everyone's allowed to just sit here and throw out their suggestions of what words should be eliminated from our society, here are some suggestions. I, I hereby nominate the word cisgender for elimination from our society. Why? Because there is no such thing as cisgender. You are born a man, you are born a woman. You are not, you are, you are, you are not cisgender if you are a woman attracted to a man. You are just a woman attracted to a man. I refuse to have someone else force on me a label, a gender identity label, just because I'm a woman. I also nominate the term gender identity. Let's eliminate that from our society. Why? There is no such thing as gender identity. You are a man or you are a woman. You can be a masculine woman. You can be a, a, a kind of feminine dude. But you are a man or you are a woman. If we even acknowledge their phrase gender identity, then we are, we are accepting the premise of the entire queer theory agenda. I also nominate the phrase pregnant people. Let's get rid of that one, shall we? People don't get pregnant. Women get pregnant. It is offensive to women to call us pregnant people. Let's also, I nominate the word, let's also get rid of chest feeding. Chest feeding? No man that I've ever known with a chest has been able to breastfeed. It's insulting and demeaning to women to reduce breastfeeding to chest feeding. I also nominate the phrase women's health. Oh, why women's health? Because women's health is a euphemism for abortion and it's offensive to me to pretend that abortion, which kills a baby and harms a woman, is related to healthcare at all. It is not. I also nominate the term MAP, minor attracted person. Let's get the hell rid of that one. This is a poisonous, despicable effort by the Marxists on the left to normalize pedophilia. They wanna remove the stigma of adults being sexually attracted to little children, toddlers and babies by giving it a new name because pedophiles has a negative connotation. They're gonna call it MAP, minor attracted person. No, 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 no. That's offensive to everyone except groomers and pedophiles. And finally, I nominate gay marriage. Let's get rid of that word. Why? Because marriage is ordained by God. It is between one man and one woman. A government, a group of politicians, a court cannot change the, the definition of marriage because marriage existed before our politicians and our government and our judicial system before the judges, you cannot change reality. And if we allow the left to redefine words, what happens? They become the arbiter of what's quote unquote true. That makes them authoritarians. They have the power of a dictator if they have the power to redefine words. They are using this authoritarian control 
to control your words in order to control your minds to force you to adhere to their, their Marxist ideology. Let's reject it, shall we? Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.